But only those that had the extra oil, only those that, that had uh, truly the, the Spirit of God within them, only those that had the strength of God built up on the inside were able to go on with the Lord. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you know, we've been in a series entitled Revival Fire, and this message is the concluding part. This is part number eight, and it is subtitled, It's Time to Go. And I'm telling you, my friends, it is time for us to go out and do some tremendous things for the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, yes, before we go, let me remind you to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. All right, without any further ado, here comes the word of today. So let's go ahead and have a uh, word of prayer as we uh, get started this morning. Oh yes, I want to greet our online community. Online community, we greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome wherever you are all around the world. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to those of you uh, as far as Jamaica or as near as Carrollton and Bremen and Temple. Wherever you are all around the world, we thank you for joining us. And maybe next time you can be here with us in service today. We welcome you in Jesus' mighty name. All right, uh, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for today and for the awesome things that you have uh, that you've already done. Lord, we seek your presence today. We ask, Lord, that you will just speak to us. We are hungry and hungry and thirsty for your word. Lord, with words that we, we really can't even utter uh, how much we need you, how desperate we are to hear from you. We ask as your church, as your people, as the body of Christ, that you would speak to us today. That this word that we hear would minister to all of us that are here in this room, to those who are watching live, to those who will be watching later or listening later. Lord, we ask that your word would just go forth and touch lives, and we ask that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would break yokes and would drive out the wickedness and the evil and whatever's plaguing your people, and we ask that your spirit would set them free. As humbly as we know how, we ask that you would have your way in us and through us. Here we are, Father, waiting upon a word from you. Touch, heal, and deliver. We love you today and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, here we are back in the series entitled Revival Fire. This is officially part number eight of the series Revival Fire, and it is also the concluding part of this series. It has been an interesting series, and I've been uh, grateful uh, to have been a part of this with you guys, and I'm I pray that you have really learned and received from this, and I pray that the revival fire, the, or that uh, fire, the fires of revival will continue to burn in you, and that uh, you become the people that God has called you to become. Uh, before we get started, too, I just want to just um, say again, uh, we will be doing more motion picture productions. I meant to mention that earlier. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, uh, doing more skits and filming them. Uh, we have so many talented youth with us here. I've heard so many great things, uh, even of a certain young man that's sitting in the back of the room there. I've heard so many great things, and uh, I can't wait for us to uh, produce even greater material. Amen? 
All right. Again, this is part number eight of the series entitled Revival Fire. And uh, let's go now to the book of Matthew, Matthew 25, Matthew 25. And uh, we're going to subtitle this, uh, It's Time to Go. <laughs> it's time to go. I hope you're ready. Time's up. It's time to go. It's time to go. So let's look at this. This is a very familiar uh, text of scripture that you're going to find today here uh, in Matthew 25. Very familiar text of scripture. And it goes like this, Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. And this is how it reads out the King James Version. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins uh, arose and trimmed their, their lamps. That's such a, uh, it's not a humorous statement there, but it, then all those virgins, it just sounds like, a, anyway, then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the, unto the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the uh, bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterwards came also the other virgins, uh, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily or truly I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So very familiar text of scripture concerning the ten virgins. Now let me give you some background information here before we go into this. Again, we'll be speaking from the subject of it's time to go. We see here a picture of a, um, really the culmination of a Jewish uh, wedding. And this is what happens being, when the groom, in the text here it's called, he's called the bridegroom, or we would say today the bride's groom, or simply the groom in today's world. He finds a young lady and they agree to be married and they of course enter into a married uh, marriage contract the that is the betrothal period they get engaged right and uh, after the engagement time really when they sign the contract and and there's consideration for the contract at that point really they are really bound together and then they go forth uh, with the wedding celebration which may take some time after, they, after that uh, contract and, and a dowry is paid, uh, the, the groom or the husband-to-be uh, goes, uh, goes to his father's house and the bride goes to her house. Now the groom tells the bride, he tells her, I'm going away to prepare a place for you in my father's house. 
so that when that place is ready, I'll come back and receive you. So we see, and of course, you, you've heard this language. The Lord Jesus tells us this. He says, I'm going away to prepare a place for you so, you know, that where I am, you may be there also. When it is ready, I'm coming back to get you. So here's a place, uh, here in this context here, the groom has gone away to prepare a place for his wife to be, for the bride. And uh, they are waiting, they are waiting now for him to come back. The place has been prepared in his father's house and um, the bride who is not seen here, she is invisible. We see here the, the characters that we see here in this parable, of course, is a bridegroom and we see the brides and the virgins who are actually the bridesmaids. Okay, we see a groom and the bridesmaids, but in order for there to be a, a groom, there must be a bride. So the bride is there, obviously, with the bridesmaids, and it's the job of these virgins or the bridesmaids to take care of the needs of the bride. Okay, they are to attend to the needs of the bride until the wedding ceremony. Now, what is also curious as well is that when the groom comes, when he finally comes, and it is usually at night like it is here, he would come from his father's house with a procession of people. And they would go through the streets with lanterns, uh, with oil, uh, oil burning lanterns and, um, and light. So they will be coming in a parade through the, uh, through the town, through the streets. Uh, it's a lighted parade um, with fire, oil, light fire, oil, and light. All of that symbolizing the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. And the people that are at the house, the bridesmaids, the, uh, the bride and the bridesmaids or the virgins here are all supposed to have lamps as well. And they were meant to keep their lamps burning until the time that they also enter uh, the wedding processional and go to the groom's house, go into the celebration. So they were meant to carry their, their lamps with them. Everybody grabbed their lamp and they too would go down the, down the streets with fire, light, oil, or, or we can say with uh, fire, oil, and producing light. And it's a parade of light going down back to the Father's house. Are you hearing? So, and they had this one reason um, commentators say uh, that they would do this. Uh, if anyone were to try to enter into this wedding procession, uh, being an interloper or party crasher, they would instantly um, be revealed because they would not have light, number one, and two, they may not be dressed with the appropriate wedding garments. So in order for you to be in this procession, you had to have your own lamp. You had to have your own oil. You had to have your own fire in order for you to be in this procession. All right. Now, so let's go back for a moment. So I want you to see a few things here. And it says in verse number one, it said, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto 10 virgins, which took their lamp. Say took. Now the word took there means to receive. It means to take. It means not to refuse. So let's listen to this before they were ministering to the bride, they all had an opportunity to, uh, to take lamps. They all had the opportunity had to take, they had the opportunity to take lamps and they had the opportunity to take extra oil with them. All of that was provided for them at no cost to them. Are you hearing? 
So they all took the lamps. Why? Because this was a part of the wedding party. This is what you had to do. They knew that this was going to occur at night, and they knew that this was a custom, that you're going to have to go out to meet the bridegroom with your, with your, uh, with your lantern there, uh, with oil, fire, and light. So this is why you had to do this. So they all knew that this was a custom. They all knew what they were, what they were supposed to do. And it was their job, the job of the bridesmaidens, or these ten virgins, to take care of the bride. It was their job. Now, they had no uh, function or had no purpose without the bride. If there was no bride, there would just be ladies sitting around. Are you hearing? That was their function. And so they, at the beginning here, they all took, their, all took their lamps and they went forth to meet him. All right, went forth to meet him. Look at verse two. And it says, uh, uh, and five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. In case we don't know which one, verse 3 tells us, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. In other words, they refused the extra oil. The foolish refused the extra oil. It was granted to them to have it. They just didn't take it. They refused it. They said, no, thank you. Why was this? Because look at verse number um, 5. While the bridegroom... Or rather, look at verse 4. It says, but the wise took oil in their, in their vessels with their lamp. Now, <clears throat> it says here that the foolish took their lamps but took no extra oil. Why would they do that? Because they thought, we know how this goes, and we know that we're going out to meet him. He's coming any minute. We have these lamps or these uh, lanyards uh, it's already dark, obviously, and they know, they knew that the bridegroom was going to come. The groom was coming at any moment, so there's no need to take extra oil. He's going to be coming at any minute. So maybe they thought um, that the other five that taken extra oil, maybe they thought that they were foolish. Uh, Rebecca, why are you taking that extra oil? You know he's going to be coming any minute. Mm, why are you putting that extra burden on yourself? Mm, that's curious. Isn't that curious, Amy? <laughs> yes, it is. Why would they do that? He's going to be around in just a few minutes and we're going to be getting out of here. Why have that extra weight? Are you hearing? Why carry that? Why, why are you doing all that? It doesn't, it don't take all of that. You don't need all of that. He'll be here in a minute. It's already dark, and it's the time. We've got our lamps, and every lamp, of course, had oil in it already, already fully supplied, ready to go, ready for the journey. Now, it said, while the bridegroom tarried, the word tarried here means to be delayed, delayed. Uh, it means to be delayed. Now, I want you to notice something. When someone, the word delayed means to make someone or something late or slow. The word delayed, again, means to make someone or something late or slow. So again, it says, while the bridegroom tarried, while he delayed, or while he... I turned the mic off. Pray for the preacher. 
while the sermon was delayed, the people sat and looked. But that's another story every, every, all together. While he delayed, while there was a delay. Now, you don't call someone late. Remember the word delayed means to make someone late. Someone is late. You say, my flight has been delayed, it's late. You, but you don't call someone late if there is no start time. If you say we're gonna have a party, but you don't give a start time, and I show up at 12 o'clock at night, you don't call me late, because you can't call me late, you didn't specify a start time. If you tell me the start time's at seven o'clock, and I show, up, I show up at nine, you can say you're late. If school starts at eight, it starts at eight, you show up at nine, they say you're late. So what does that mean? It said, while the bridegroom tarried, while he was delayed, which means those foolish, those that were foolish thought he should be here any minute now. We know when he's coming. We know his season. We know the time. We know when to expect him. And because they put him on a clock, they thought, well, we have enough oil in here to last until he gets here, until we get to his house. They were foolish because they tried to put a time clock on his return. Are you hearing? So they thought, it don't take all of that, that we don't need extra oil. But while he delayed, I want you to see something here. While he delayed, what was happening was their lamps, all of their lamps were burning out. Understand something. They were supposed to keep those lamps burning. Keep the light on until he returned. Keep the light on. Keep the fire burning until he returned. And the Bible says that while he tarried, while he was delayed, they slumbered and they slept. Look at verse number five. While the bridegroom tarried, while he was delayed. Now, the bridegroom is often delayed by his father because the father of the groom determines when the groom comes out the house. By the same token, the Bible says that no man knows when the Lord Jesus is coming. No man knows when the Son of Man is going to, re is going to return, not even the angels, but the Father himself. The Father has put this in his own will. He, Jesus said, I don't know. The angels don't know. Only the Father knows when he will release me to come and get my bride. I want to see my seeing any similarities. And so they say, while the bridegroom tarried, while he was delayed because the father was holding him in the house and would not allow him to go just as yet. But while that time period was going, they all slumbered and slept. Now the word slept, of course, is the passage of the word sleep. And this, if you look that word up in the Greek, um, that means a natural sleep. Natural sleep. Like many people in our churches today, naturally sleeping. <laughs> but the word slumber is more supernatural. The word slumber means to overcome, to be overcome with sleep. Which means you tried to stay awake. Tried to stay awake. Tried. Try to stay awake, but there is something that's overcoming you and you cannot stay awake. 
while they slumbered and slept, their oil was diminishing. The fire was burning. While they slept, it began to get darker and darker in the house. And it goes on to say here in verse number uh, six, and at midnight there was a cry made, behold, the bridegroom comes. Go you out to meet him. Now we see the reason for the father's delay. Because up until this point, maybe the five foolish thought that they were wise and the extra oil maidens were fools up until this point but he said at midnight the cry was made at the darkest hour of the night the cry was made go out to meet him it's time to go it's time to leave and now there look at look at the very next verse verse 7 then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps very prophetic here then all those maidens whose job it was to minister to the bride then all those got up and they trimmed, trimmed their lamps. In other words, they began to cut away the burned parts of the wick so that the lamps could burn brighter and longer. So they trimmed it. And those that had extra oil filled their container with the extra oil because remember, the, their lamps had been burning for a while now and all of them were going out. And for a certain, power, a certain amount of time, they were in a house that was dark. Look at the very next verse. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil. Why? Why would they say give us of your oil? For our lamps are what? Gone out. Now we can say this, that they all got their lamps from the same place, from the same wedding party. They have no expense to them. They just had to go and pick it up. They all were filled. All were filled. If the foolishest lamps have gone out because of use, so that the wise go out because of use. And the, and the house was dark in the darkest time of the night at midnight. The house is dark and they realize, oh, the bridegroom is coming. Somebody is on the outside, maybe on the rooftop, who is looking, who is wise, looking for the wedding procession to come down the street. They can see the trail of light coming to them. They're watching for the bridegroom. They're watching for the groom because they know when the groom gets there, when the Lord comes, it's going to be time to leave. And so they're watching. And so at midnight, somebody yells out, he's coming, he's coming. The bridegroom is coming. And so they immediately get up and they shake themselves and they realize it's dark here. They cut away the burned parts. They cut away the past because that old anointing, that old fire won't work now. We need a fresh anointing now, a fresh fire now. And so they trim it, and this trimming makes it burn brighter. It makes it burn longer. And they fill the container now with the extra oil. The foolish realize we don't have it now. We don't have enough in order to make this journey. It's, it's time to go now. It's time to go. And if we would freeze that moment in that point, because now they're having that aha moment, you realize 
that you don't have what you need. And in just a moment, the bride, your purpose, is about to leave you. The, the wise said to the foolish, go and buy. Because look, they have no choice now. They're part of this wedding procession. Maybe they would have enough time to go to the store and buy some oil and fill up their uh, lanterns and come back and get with the group. Maybe, maybe the groom would wait a while. Maybe they'd have enough time to go there and come back with the oil, with the fire, with the light, so that they can join them and go into, go into the wedding. But while they were gone, the scripture says, the groom came and they all left and they got to the groom's house and the door was shut understand something they didn't have time they should have gotten it before when it was free but now they have to go and buy it what was given to them at no charge now they have to go and buy unnecessary suffering because they simply did not take advantage of what was already given to them. Freeze frame from a, for a moment. As I tell you it's time to go, as the Spirit tells you it's time to go, what have you left undone? What are some things that you should have done, you didn't do, some things you should have said, you didn't say it? Has your light gone out and you've allowed the cares of this life sleep to lull you, the cares of this life to lull you into a, into a, a really a death-like state where there's no activity. And now we've allowed the cares of life or people or things just to drain the life out of us where we can no longer function. And we don't notice that the light is out. If people have frustrated you to high heaven, your light is out, your oil is gone. If you find it hard to forgive, your light is out, your oil is gone. If you find it hard to do what God has called you to do, your light is out, your oil is gone. All these negative things that are cropping up, just like that in a, in a car, when the gas is running out, and you say the car is running on, is running on fumes now, and really then the, the car begins to, we say, uh, you know, it's just running on the trash, because it, when, when we allow a car to get so low in gas, and then the, the trash that's in the bottom of the tank, those, the sediments from the gas tank begin to rise up and get into the fuel injectors and, and clog your injectors up. And it makes it difficult for the car to, to run and, and it, it will eventually cost you more on gas than it should have because you allowed your car to get too low. If you're finding it hard to do what Jesus is calling you to do, if you find yourself tired and wearied and it's difficult for you to do what God has called you to do, your oil is gone and it is dark. So before he gets here, before the cry is made, seek him for fresh oil. Check the condition of your heart. Is your fire still burning? Is your light still on? Have you been distracted? Has something come over you? 
Has something come over you? Has something else entered into your life that has made it difficult for you to serve, difficult for you to worship, difficult for you to praise, difficult for you? Then let me tell you now, your oil is gone. The light is out. At the very end of this, they go to the door and they beat on the door, I'm sure, and say, Lord, Lord, look at that in um, verse number 11, rather verse 12. Yes, back up to 11. It says, afterwards came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. I don't, I don't know you. Because the only definition they had at that time was that they were to minister to the bride. Here now were five virgins, five bridesmaidens without a bride. And so simply they were just five girls in special clothing with lights. I don't know you. You have no definition. You have no purpose. You missed it. Now the Bible does not say, Jesus does not say, um, go away from me and go into darkness. I believe that those here would still have an opportunity to enter into the wedding, but they wouldn't receive the glory. Maybe the next morning they could come in, but not now, because the door was shut, and the honor that was reserved for them has gone to others, simply because they were not ready, not because it wasn't given to them or they didn't have an opportunity. They had an opportunity, but they refused it. Look at this. They said, uh, Lord, Lord, open to us. Now, look at that, too. I want you to see this in the very next, um, if you go to Matthew, the seventh chapter, Matthew 7, let me show you the contrast of this. Matthew 7, and look at verse number 21. Matthew 7, verse 21. Matthew 7, 21 says this. Not everyone that saith unto me, what? Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Look at verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never, there's a distinction, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So this is, a, this is not as harsh as that. So I believe that those other virgins will still have an opportunity to make it in, but just not now. This, I believe, talks about the rapture of the church. When those that are ready will go in with the Lord. And those that are not ready, those that are pretending, those who just hang around because understand, as long as the bridegroom tarried, all their fire went out. It was, it was, it was dark for everybody. But only those that had the extra oil, only those that, that had uh, truly the, the spirit of God within them, only those that had the strength of God built up on the inside were able to go on with the Lord. Others were there in the house too that really, they really didn't know him. They really didn't make a commitment to him. They said, it don't take all of that. You don't really have to take that extra. You, it don't take all of that. You don't really have to praise. You don't really have to worship. You don't really have to give a tithe. You don't really have to go to church. You don't really have to pray. Just come on and associate. Just come on in the house. Just, 
Just say you're a Christian and God will take you in. Just say it. You don't really have to make a commitment to Jesus. Just be, you know, just, just be a Christian. But they'll understand that when he comes and there's a certain pressure put on the church, then you'll know, then they'll know that what they had believed was false. What they had believed was false. So I'll ask you today, before the Lord returns for his church, and I'm going to let you see another just little video skit. Before the Lord Jesus returns for his church, will you be ready? Because I'm telling you, it's time to go. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that your word will go forth and has gone forth, and I pray that your people have heard your voice, not mine, but have heard your voice. And I pray those that have had an ear to hear will hear what you have said. And Lord, I ask you definitely, if I have not made it plain, if I have not done my job properly, I ask you to forgive me and to wash that sin away in the blood of Jesus. And Father, I ask that you would always empower me to do the very best that you've called me to do. That you would empower us all to do the best that you've called us to do. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. And there you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.